When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm eating cheese, more ice cream please I am so sad I'm eating bad, the lactose hits Now I've got the shits Good morning, sweet world! And welcome to Humbly one of the best podcasts in the world. It's No Dunks on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, May 12th, 2023. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid comment away and if you haven't subscribe to no dunks on youtube we are getting oh so close to seventy thousand subs go get your no dunks merch over at nodunks.com check out yesterday's no buffs podcast our recap of episode 11 of survivor 44 it's worth checking out just to hear jd's rant about group meditation (laughs) do not ask that man to meditate with you okay whatever you do i'm on day 20 (laughs) yes okay yeah maybe day one two or three but not three weeks in on an island you know get together on the beach and talk about our feelings and that that was great that was the two minutes i tuned into live oh nice just trey and jd going back and forth Trey saying, what else are you going to do? You have 24 hours where you're sitting together. That's half an hour where you have to talk about your feelings. JD not having it. Uh, it's uh, always a lot of fun. No buffs. Even if you're not a Survivor fan, you may enjoy it. So go check that out. It's on YouTube feed. It's on podcast feed. Uh, and this weekend, in anticipation of Fast X, which is right around the corner, we are re-releasing our final installment from Fast Friends. This one is over two and a half hours long. Wow. <laughs> it's the longest one we did of Fast Friends. I think it's like 240 and change. Matty O was back <laughs> to break down F9. I know, guys. What was wrong two with us, man? <laughs> what were we doing? Well, I mean, two huge returns in this one. Matty O and Han. <laughs> I forgot he came back in F9. So, cool, cool. yeah, that'll go up at some point this weekend uh, here in the No Dunks podcast feed. F9. And, uh, yes, we, we do have plans to get out to the theater to watch Fast X and then, of course, do our review and uh, see what we think about it. Hopefully in the next week or two, we'll give you guys time to go see it, and uh, we got to figure it out too. Are we going to see it together? We haven't decided, or are we just like whenever you can get it in, and then we <laughs> get in the classic factory and talk about it. What do you want to do? Should we make an event out of it? Well, look, I think if you buy uh, wife respecters, they usually come in a five pack, so the four of us <laughs> and Eshua can all go together, <laughs> family style. All right, all right. Um, so that's going to uh, be up this weekend. Our final fast friends uh, on today's drop podcast: Drew Holiday, greatest teammate in the world. We're going to attempt to build our first, second, and third all NBA playoff teams. I'm going to need your help. Especially when it comes to that third team. I got a few (laughs) question marks as to who would make it. We'll get to that later. And you know we're going to end with some rapid-fire fun. But first, JD, hit the Zaza! We're going to Game 7, baby. Game 7. Game 7. That's not Zaza! That's Ash! Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) We're going to Game 7, baby. Game 7. Game 7. That was pretty good. I was I was gonna say I'd give it yeah an eight or a nine. I wanted a little enthusiasm, a little more enthusiasm on the last one. The last, give it. 
Yeah. I uh, almost sent it back to him. I almost said... You almost had notes? Yeah. But it, <laughs> it was like midnight I saw it, and I'm like, ah, I can't make it. It sounded like He's him. got kids. Yeah. yeah. I oh. think that's what it was. Oh, I think his kids were... his voice <laughs> down. Yeah. 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 Great stuff there, Ash. Yeah, he is a Celtics fan. He's pretty happy because Jason Tatum hitting big fourth quarter three-pointers <laughs> to push the Celtics past the 76ers, 95-86, to 86, to force a Game 7 baby That'll go down on Sunday. I think we're still waiting to see at what time that mm. game will be because we might have another one with the um, the Warriors and the Lakers. Heat Knicks, if it goes seven, that's on Monday. But anyway, what a wild game. We watched it on Playback Task. We had a blast. Um, where do you want to start with this? Uh, the, the Celtics and their, and their incredible sort of... <laughs> Fourth quarter from Jason Tatum after a brutal game or the Sixers shit in the bed here. I mean, where do you want to go? Oh, I guess we start with Tatum. No field goals at half. Zip. He had one point at half. And then midway through the fourth quarter, still just three points. Just three points midway through the fourth quarter. Apparently his head coach, Joe Mazzulla, went up to him about five minutes left and said, go get the fucking ball. (laughs) It worked. It worked. Yeah. Jason Tatum came out. He had Joel Embiid on him on the wing. Step back, splash, and that was the end of it for the Sixers. That three, and then another three threes. Essentially, he outscored the Sixers with those 12 points for the entire fourth quarter because the Sixers only had 13 points in the entire fourth quarter. And let's just go there because, yeah, Tatum hitting shots. Confusing part on the other side is how a team with the MVP – who was cooking at the beginning of the fourth quarter? He yes. was really, yep. really feeling it, and then they fall apart at the end. How do they only score 13 points? This Sixers team is done. They are absolutely done. I know we were talking about it yesterday, wow. and I thought there was really? a chance. Oh, I think they are. Jover? They are it's done, and I think Doc, Doc Rivers is done as well. 130 left in this game. It's only an eight-point game, and the Sixers started walking back on defense. They were done. They quit. They absolutely quit. And then Joel Embiid, after having the time to shower and think about things, had this prepared to go to the podium when he was asked what happened in the fourth quarter. He said, three things. I've got three things for you. First, oh, we stopped hitting shots. Okay, okay. that's my conventional answer. Uh, second, we stopped sharing the ball. Mm-hmm. Third, I didn't get the ball for the last four minutes. I was freaking out on playback, Tass. I was like, has he touched the ball? What's going on here? We were going through the play-by-play, yeah. trying to find out if Embiid had actually done anything. And he was right. He did it. He didn't touch the ball for the last four minutes. Especially, it was confusing because he started the quarter so well. Yeah. Got Horford at the mid-post, backed him down. Oh, that's pretty. Even Missoula made a nice little change-up, bringing a second defender. Embiid had the ball. You know what? I'll just pretend I'm I'm going in there. There's The defense will collapse. I'll pull out, hit another shot. He looked great. But afterwards to say, hey, my coach, yeah, he didn't get me the ball for the last four minutes, and he doubled down on it again. He said, okay, so in summary, essentially, in summary, yeah, I didn't get the ball in the last four minutes. That's it. That's so it who's for that Doc. on? That's is it, it on for Doc? Doc? Is it on his teammates? It's on Embiid. Yeah, it's on, it's on everybody, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but especially a night with Harden not cooking, it is on Doc to not call plays for D'Anthony Melton out of a timeout. And I understand they were going to a Maxi Embiid pick and roll, which was all right because Maxi was working it, but Embiid's got to get the ball. I mean, so it's on Maxi to some degree too. But I think Doc's going to take the fall when this team is done in game seven because I can't see them coming out with anything. If, if they quit at the end of this game, calling each other out like Doc called out Ben Simmons a couple of years ago. I mean, it's, it's infighting. I think they're done. Closeout opportunities definitely don't look more ideal than that. That what the Sixers had there oh, yeah. at the point of that game with Tatum not hitting anything for like three and a half quarters. Just this ugly affair. They had come back. They had the momentum. Uh, you have the MVP and they do blow it here. Do you agree with Tass though that this is like no chance they can go in on Sunday into the garden and get a victory? <laughs> I'm never that comfortable with the Celtics right. to think that they're not going to do something. Point. Like, this could easily be a 20-point lead for the Celtics in the first half, and then they blow it, and then the Sixers blow it in the fourth yeah. quarter. Like, neither of these teams is all that reliable. I think what really happened uh, for Embiid not getting the ball is that Robert Williams checked back into the game with six minutes left, and he completely shut down the inside. Him and Horford, just a lot of bodies in there. They're like, okay, P.J. Tucker, you're taking seven threes. That's a win for us. Mm-hmm. I thought the Celtics were back 
to the old Celtics, just starting Robert Williams, and it felt like the team was so excited that he was starting that they'd been begging for it all year. Robert Williams was a key part of the reason they went to the finals last year. He's had a weird series. He's been okay when he's on, but it just hasn't looked right. Eventually, it seems like Smart kind of talked Joe Mazzulla into finally starting him so they could go back to the identity that made him so successful last year. They were just like, like back to the old me. And it completely worked. And the uh, the way the Sixers looked so disorganized in the fourth quarter, I thought was bad. I thought it should have just been Harden and Embiid, pick and roll. That's been the bread and butter all year long. And no doubt, Harden was struggling last night, but Embiid had the 15-footers working because... The Celtics are worried he's going to blow by him anytime he catches the ball, but they took him completely out of the game. The Sixers didn't have a counter to that, and Harden just couldn't get by his guy and look to score, though he did dunk in this game. Second dunk of the season for James <laughs> Harden. So he had his legs, but he didn't have them uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 4-16 of from Harden, 0-6 for from deep, five turnovers. This is wild. It's the fifth time in the last nine games Harden has shot 25% or worse from the field on 10 or more attempts, you know, so a decent amount. Uh, Just a very strange series because he won them a couple games as well. But yeah, I just keep going back to the, like, this is the MVP of the fucking league. Like, and he had it going. He had it going. He was dominating defensively as well. Uh, And it's just weird he is not touching the ball (laughs) at all. As great as Robert Williams is, as great as Horford is, like, come on. The 15-footer is there over anyone. They can't, even, they can't get him the ball, though. That's the problem. Well, yeah, that's an issue. That is, I mean, he got, as the game goes on, this is Embiid's problem, too. I mean, he gets, he's a giant-ass dude. He's going to tire compared to, obviously, a, a you know, a, a lightning-fast guard like Maxi who can just go probably for 48 minutes. I get that, but still, it has to operate through him. And you're right, Trey. They, like, it, it's, that's why it's, like, on Doc, it's on your point guard, Harden. And it's on Embiid. Like, I mean, you can say this all after the game. You should be saying this in the moment. When you don't, when we go two possessions where you don't touch the ball, and then there's a timeout, you demand the ball. P.J. Tucker should have yelled at Doc Rivers, I think. There you go. <laughs> it, that seems to be the way things go. Anytime things are going poorly for the Sixers and they're able to turn it around, it's P.J. Tucker berating somebody. Happened with Paul Reed. Happened with Joel Embiid. Last night, P.J. was just feeling himself too much. Actually shooting threes. That <laughs> yeah, was... It was strange. But as I said about Joe Mazzulla, he literally did say to Tatum, go get the effing ball. Shout out to Jay King on The Athletic who wrote about it. On the other side, Embiid hit his first three shots of the quarter. Things were looking great. Uh, And then, yeah, he went into the lane. He tried to hook one over a combo of Horford and Robert Williams. Not so good. That was a miss. And then they tried to get him. This is still four minutes left sort of running into his shot and I thought are, are they just concerned about his legs or something like does he need to get momentum into a shot he he missed that one from 19 feet but there's no excuse it really is just in that pick and roll I know they can't get him the ball but they can also get him the ball I mean he can get the could. ball like yeah. 20 feet away and that's a better option uh, j- j- just go down with him shooting and go down with him missing <laughs> because he because he wouldn't have missed because he was feeling it and he you know, he was yeah, a feeling on both ends, really. Like, he was a dominant force in this game. But in the end, um, this team that only has 86 points, I mean, that's just... Yeah, sure, the the Celtics look good, but, I mean, come on. They they have to be able to score more than that. The first thing that Embiid said, you're right, in that post uh, in the post-game press conference is, like, we, we missed shots. There were shots. Like, that Melton was wide open. Totally. And he goes 0 for 5, 0 for 4 from 3. Tucker had his looks. I mean, that's the game plan. Uh... He goes two for seven. I mean, hitting two is good. Six points from Tucker is like, oh, okay. Uh, Niang obviously goes two for three in his 15 minutes. Is there any way, because you'd imagine Joe Missoula is going to start the Time Lord in game seven. You're going to go with that lineup again. Is there any way um, Doc Rivers goes with uh, a a more reliable shooter, I guess, in someone like Niang, or at least someone more uh, willingly to to fire it? Or you, you start Tucker see if he can bang one in like he did in this game and continue to and then and then maybe find more minutes for him like what's the counter there if that's what the Celtics are going to do I don't think they change it listen they're minutes away from winning this game I think the counter is James Harden had a bad game in game six he has a good game in game seven I think that's the counter that he seems to be oh my goodness Harden scoring 45 and then he drops off a cliff and then he comes back whoa here he is so I think that's the counter just play better it is weird that they did. They they went away from Harden and Embiid at the end, and they went to Maxi 
and Embiid because Maxi was feeling it. If Maxi doesn't have a great game in this one, then they get blown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a phenomenal game, and so that was Doc's changeup. Let's go to that because Harden isn't feeling it. I don't think they changed the lineup. You think they changed the lineup? No way. No, no way. Uh, Niang is like the fact that he hit two threes was awesome last night, but he. <laughs> Coming into this series, it didn't seem like he was going to play, and he'll get torched if he's in the starting lineup, I think. So uh, they just got to play better. Uh, P.J. Tucker has to continue to shoot. Like, I agree. Two threes is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he took seven, I think, was good. Tobias Harris, 0 for 1, Ooh. went 1 for 7. This was a completely disappeared kind of game. They got no threes from Harden, Harris, and Embiid. That's tough to win like yeah. that against a Celtics team that's going to take a ton of them. They made eight for the game. You know, they had a chance to win this one. So a missed opportunity for the Celtics in game one, not winning when Embiid was sitting at home. Like, this series could be over. It probably already should be for the Celtics. And a huge missed opportunity here for the 76ers. But I guess Doc Rivers, I think, has lost nine straight games to get him to the conference finals. Yeah, and he's now, I believe he's lost four straight game sevens, I think, too. So he's trying to snap that 15, 17, 20, and 21. Yep. Holy moly. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, and then the whole part of this is crazy that the Celtics win this game with Tatum. <laughs> Having one point through, like, you know, 35 minutes of this thing and then popped off at the end. I, I, shout out to, like, to Brogdon and White. I mean, those guys were scoring. They were at least picking up the slack there. Smart carried in this game. And smart, this was, yeah. Marcus Smart was the best player in this game. 22 points, 7 assists, 3 threes, 2 steals, 3 turnovers. Look in the fourth quarter. He hit a yeah. free throw to take the lead. Hit a jumper to take the lead assisted uh, Brogdon on a three-pointer to take the lead. He had a floater with 230 left, and then he assisted on the last two. Jason Tatum made threes. This was an awesome Marcus Smart game, which is why he was feeling pretty comfortable to be like, yeah, I basically made every adjustment out there because our coach was getting killed in the media, and I understood (laughs) why he was. But I stepped up, and our team looked awesome. They're going to go as far as Marcus Smart takes them. Good smart, they win. Bad smart, it looks hilarious. (laughs) Game 7 on Sunday again. We'll wait to find out what time uh, they put that one on. I guess it's, I mean, my gut says, what, 1 o'clock, right? From the garden. If the other one goes 7. 3.30? Yeah, you would think so. 3.30 is the prime time Right, so that's like Chris Warriors if we get it. If we get it. Yeah. I'm going 3.30, 6.30. Wow. Oh, interesting. 6.30? It's only 3.30 on the West Coast. Yeah, I thought they loved that 3.30 slot too in the Eastern Conference. Um, Or sorry, for the the West teams, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see if we even get another game 7. Yeah, only one team's there so far. That's right, that's right. Uh, Anything else from... Celtic Sixers, you say it's a wrap. Well, just the way they're walking back there with a minute 30 left, it's eight points. It's, it's not over in the NBA to just no. decide, I mean, we're we're done. We're well, calling it. Part of that's it. fatigue, <laughs> especially when it comes to Embiid. Yeah, I, he's allowed to, to stumble back, but the effort wasn't there. I just don't think they're going to have it in, uh, in a game seven in, in Boston. Mm. I just... Yeah. <laughs> especially especially with Embiid deciding to call out his coach after the game. He knows what he's doing. This team literally did that two years ago when Doc said, I don't know if you're going to win like that when you have a point guard like uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, I thought they did it. Didn't they do it last year too with Harden saying, I'm just the point guard. Pass the ball, never comes back to me. What am I supposed to oh, do? Was that last year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was last year. Jesus. So Harden said that? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess maybe that's their way of. Uh, Nobody their, takes accountability. Their love sign. Nobody takes accountability when the Sixers lose. Embiid never does. Harden never does. And Doc Rivers never does. Mm-hmm. It's the whole team. It's not Blake's fault. <laughs> it's not just not Blake. It's not yeah. Blake's fault. Uh, all right, let's go to the other they game. Should've, the Celtics should have played Blake in the last few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Blake's fault. Oh, they will. <laughs> it's all Blake's fault with us. They will uh, in Game Seven, probably. The Nuggets blow past the Suns, one twenty-five, one hundred. To advance to the Western Conference Finals, shout out to all you Nuggets fans, winning in six. Man, who had it worse last night, Sixers fans or Suns fans? Mm. You know, the Sixers had an opportunity to go to the Conference Finals for the first time since 01. It was right there. And then here are the Suns for the second year in a row at home, TK, just getting blitzed by the road opponent. Mavericks in Game 7 last year. This one, obviously, the Nuggets uh, in a Game 6 in Phoenix. I mean, I know Sixers fans were sad, but this is way worse. Your team could get blown out in back-to-back years at home. Ooh. Ooh! <laughs> this was this was ugly, man. Like, I, I don't know. All it, I came away thinking was, like, they just ran out of players. Like, they have two guys who are good. They had to carry them through this entire series, and 
it certainly got to him. Like, this was a pretty mid Kevin Durant series, all things considered. Like, the depth was a problem, but it was made even worse by the fact that Kevin Durant wasn't in complete takeover mode. Booker was terrible last night. 12 points on 4 of 13 shooting, 8 assists, 2 turnovers. Last year, in the same situation, 11 points, 3 of 14 shooting, 2 assists, 4 turnovers. You can even go back to when the Bucks won the title. Yeah. 19 points. 8 of 22 shooting, more turnovers than assists. Three straight elimination games. That's not great. Yeah, That's not great. That's how players get reputations yeah. uh, in the NBA. But we will remember those games three and four. But in those games three and four, Kevin Durant and Booker were lights out. And they barely missed. And the Suns squeaked by. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, uh, they missed a lot, and Denver did not miss because they have been by far the best team in the postseason so far. They lost one game to the Timberwolves, and that's because Nikola Jokic went one for two at the free throw line in the last couple of seconds of the game. They lost two to the Suns, which required Booker having two of the best playoff games that we've seen so far this year. They got star power. Jokic is incredible right now. The guy averaged a 34-point triple-double in this series, but everybody's calling Devin Booker the best player in the series. Yeah. Us included. We dropped the ball on that one. Then you look at their like locker room afterwards. The first three players that Michael Malone shouts out, Aaron Gordon, KCP, and Brucey e. B. Oh, Bruce right. Brown. Just incredible stuff. They know what they're doing out there. They know how to play offense, obviously. The Jokic and Murray two-man game, unstoppable. And then they've got the perfect pieces around them. And Mike Malone knows exactly the guys he's going to play yeah. every night, when they're going to play, and how they're going to play. They look like a complete team. Yeah, that's a good point. All so many other teams left in the playoffs. There is a lot of like, what? Who are we playing? Who? who what is our rotation? Are we going big or are we going small? The Nuggets are the exact opposite. We have our eight guys. We we got, we got our, our five starters. Guys. We got our compost crew coming off the bench. <laughs> our two Browns in the green. We're ready. Like we're ready to go. And uh, Malone after the game, when we defend, when we rebound, when we run, when we share the ball, we believe we're the best team in the NBA. And I think they really should be considered the favorites to win the championship right now after two rounds of action, uh, especially with what Jokic is doing. Trey's right. He became the third player in NBA history to average a 30-point triple-double in a playoff series. LeBron did it against the Warriors, and Westbrook did it against the Rockets, both in 2017. Just yeah. goes about his business. Booker needed some help. I mean, he was doing a lot in this series. And, yeah, they, they fell apart there in Games 5 and Game 6. Just couldn't seal the deal. This one was weird because, unlike last year against the Mavs, where they had 27 points in the first half. Right. If, if, oh. that, that, they, they were just done. I think it was 57-27 at half. Yeah, that's right. Wow, uh, that's, that's weird. <laughs> that, this game, they had 51 points at half. Right. Like, they were scoring, outscoring the Philadelphia They were They would have hammered. Uh, half is nice. That's, that's a great number, but they allowed 81 on the other side. Yeah, uh, that's not good. That's huge. Campaign. Came out to play. He had 19 points in the first half. <laughs> what? Good uh, miss. This, that, that's really strange. But, yeah, KD, I think, was one for 10 to start this game. And and finally, Devin Booker, although I, I thought you know him playing 40 minutes wouldn't catch up to him. Young legs, no problem. I mean, they, they definitely focused on him. I, the the starting lineup move of Landry Shamit and Josh Kogi, I know it's probably way down in the pecking order of things you'd think about was a strange one to me just because they basically went all, all offense. But, hey, KCP was just killing. I mean, yeah. KCP was phenomenal. Uh, this, guy's, this guy's overlooked, obviously, um, but was a big part of a championship team three years ago where he led the Lakers in three-pointers made throughout that playoff run, and he just showed he knows his, his role, as we've talked about. And, yeah, when, when they're able to roll out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys and they all just contribute, yeah, the Suns didn't have that. They they. they Absolutely, uh, we're lacking that. When Aiton went out, he was out of this game uh, with a rib injury. The Chris Pauls thing, you know, probably played less of a factor, but the Aiton factor was definitely something. Even though Landale came in and helped, I mean, they just they just allowed so many freaking points. That Nuggets offense was just oh, they were phenomenal. Just, that was just humming last night. I just keep going back to the second half of Game Five, where it was a three point game. Uh, you know, we obviously talked about it on the last podcast of the, or after that game, but it was like, just I just keep thinking of Jamal Murray coming out of the locker room, like, just amped up, and that team fired up, realizing, I think, then and there in that second half of Game 5, this is the series. We have to go win this half, and we can win this thing. And it continued, of course, here into Game 6, where they just they just looked incredible. They looked like, the again, the championship favorites. Uh, Monty Williams, after this loss, he said, quote, it was deflating to see them score like that and running down the floor, getting easy buckets. That falls on my shoulders, not having us ready to play at the highest level in the biggest game of the year. 
I heard that and I was like, Jesus, man, did he say that exact same thing after <laughs> last year's game? So I was like, I was like, hold on, am I rereading or seeing the same thing? Well, I went and checked. I couldn't find him saying something like that right after the loss. But what I was confusing is leading up to this season, being asked about, oh, that brutal game seven loss to the Mavericks. He said, quote, this is September 2022. I just didn't have our guys ready to play. That falls on me. I will never go back on that. When you look at the numbers, you look at the film, you look at the situation, that falls on me. So I bring this up to ask you guys. He keeps saying it falls on him. We got a new owner there in Phoenix. You made the power move going to get Kevin Durant. Is Monty Williams going to be coaching this team next season? Hmm. Should he? (laughs) I think two different answers. Okay. (laughs) I think any other coach would be gone. Mike Budenholzer just got fired. The guy actually won a title. Right, right, right. You know, he came back from down 2-1 against these sons that Monty Williams was coaching. Two straight losses like this in the playoffs to be eliminated. Last year, they were the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Any other coach would be gone, uh, to be quite honest. Um, But if Kevin Durant has his back and if Devin Booker has his back, that's probably what matters the most. So I could see him coming back. But these are the kind of losses that coaches get fired for, for sure. What do you think? A couple of years in a row. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. If the, A better point is if a star likes you, like Jason Tatum loves Joe Missoula. He loves their relationship. He ain't going anywhere, uh, even if they lost this series, I think. So it's totally, yeah, it's really it's up to the top top dogs. It's it's like going back to the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant not liking Kenny Atkinson. See ya, Kenny. Right. Uh, so I think that's what it comes down to. I think he did make a mistake. You mentioned the second half of, of game five there where Murray came out. They put Landry Shamit on him. And Murray said, good night. Uh, there would have been a better balance, I think, if you put um, Landry Shamit to the bench in this one instead of starting him right after he just got cooked and putting a defensive guy like Josh Okogie in the starting lineup. Let Durant and Booker shoot every time. I mean, they're, they're starting guards and wing there of Booker, Payne, and Shamit. Wasn't going to stop anybody, and that's yeah. that's really what happened. I know they're running out of players, but I mean, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing going into the offseason getting a four who can play both ways. I don't know where you find that. Well, this is the thing. This team is limited in how it can upgrade this roster um, because of the money they have on their books. You know, they don't have their first-round pick uh, in June. Can you trade? Should you trade? DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, do do you not do that? Do you take the same approach from last year and just sort of fill this roster with Kevin Durant having obviously a full season with Booker and Monty and whoever? And you just sign vets minimum, guys. You know, do you do that? What, yeah, what, they what tried that this year. That's who they got, right? With with right. Terrence Ross, right. essentially exactly. a buyout guy, and and TJ Warren came coming over in the Kevin Durant trade. The difference is, I mean, you'd have a Durant for an entire season. Yeah, of. yeah. And, and look, if Durant was incredible, then we're talking about a, a different series. He had a really good game four, a really good game four, and in game three he got his numbers. Not in an efficient way, but Booker did all he could. He needed Durant to win a game. It didn't happen. I don't. I don't know if it's it, he wasn't. He wasn't KD. He was missing a lot of shots in this one. He just he wasn't the same guy. So I don't know. He, he's got to convince somebody to come be their their other wing to be really really good. Come on over, Mello. Just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Are you exploring trades, Trey, for for Chris Paul, Aiton, Shamit? Let's say Payne, you know, these type of guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think you can come back with the same supporting cast. And Aiton is obviously the, the number one question. And I see on uh, the fans, Bo Trade Machine, he's the number one most traded player right now. Yeah. No surprise. The guy sat out of uh, an elimination game with bruised ribs after getting torched by Nikola Jokic. So I don't think the Suns liked him coming into this season. He obviously didn't like the Suns, but it ended <laughs> up he had to come back and... There were some weird moments on the sidelines with people taking, you know, like fan cams of him looking completely despondent in huddles and not engaged at all. And also, I mean, like, he's still their best center and he's their most tradable asset. And he was recently a number one draft pick. Uh, So, yeah, I could see him returning two players who could be helpful. I mean, I had some dark thoughts this morning. Chris Paul and... DeAndre Ayton to the Chicago Bulls? Is there a way to figure out a Nikola Vucevic sign-and-trade kind of deal here? The Suns do need three-point shooting, and they'll need a center if Ayton's gone. I'm just saying, maybe there's something to be done. Uh, But you can't try this uh, uh, once again, because it's been three straight years of 
coming up short when right. you're expecting to come up on top. Chris Paul's got two more years. It'd be cool if they could convince him to retire. <laughs> that would be good for them. Right, right. How about this one? Going back to Aiton, I went to a dark place this morning on Twitter. <laughs> I threw it out there. I said, I know the Hawks are enamored with a Kongwu, you know, as a young, pretty solid-looking center, especially defensively. But would the Hawks trade for DeAndre Aiton? Would you be interested in a, in a John Collins and a DeAndre Hunter for, let's say, an Aiton Shamit type of deal? Both teams. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, you know what? That's sure. what a lot of the response was. Yeah. It was yeah. like, eh, I can be interested. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Those are the type of trades that generally happen. It's like, huh? I like the idea of the right. Hawks putting together the guy drafted over Luka Doncic and the guy <laughs> traded for Luka Doncic. Ooh. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that'd be neat. Good combo. So anyway, uh, I, I'm 100% with you on the idea. I think his trade value is sort of low, especially with his contract of moving off of Aiton. Absolutely. Like, get some... I think you could... I think you even do the thing where you trade Aiton for... Like, who is a good player? I, I do believe that. <laughs> um, but you trade him for, like, two or three guys exactly. that just, you need, need just to guys. put around your superstars um, and go from there. But, yeah, it's and he's be on, difficult. He's on a contract that he was signed to by the Pacers last year. It right. was yes, a, he that's tried right. to leave. He did he try to leave. leave but <laughs> he won't let him leave. <laughs> they brought him back. <laughs> uh, all right, let's call it there. We'll be talking about the Suns throughout the offseason, I'm sure. Let's take our first break. When we come back... We are going to make our All-NBA playoff teams first, second, and third. Don't go anywhere. All right, the boys still here in the Classic Factory. Everybody joining us live on YouTube, we love to see it. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, we love you too. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Got some news here for you guys. It's the final award. Drew Holiday is your teammate of the year for the third time. That's right. He won the NBA's Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year Award for the third time in four seasons. He received 57 first-place votes, nearly 1,400 total points, uh, to finish ahead of Mikhail Bridges and Steph Curry. Drew Holiday. Who votes on this? The players. Oh, okay. They do a thing where like they nominate, I think, up to like 12 players across the league. Like There's a panel that decides that, and then... A panel. Everybody in the league. I think more than 300 players actually casted a vote for this. Um, hence all the total points that are being so high. But 57 first place votes for Drew Holiday going back to back. Being just a great dude. He nope. does seem like a great dude. Uh, totally. <laughs> no voter fatigue. I love it. <laughs> mm, just a great dude. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting thing. Like you win it and then it's like you got to be a bit of a dick not to win it again. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Drew Holiday finally doesn't win, it's going to be like, what Whoa, happened? What did he do? What did he Honestly, say? Honestly, I think Mikhail Bridges completely snubbed here. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had more teammates. He had more teammates than Drew Holiday. <laughs> got traded, played 83 games. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Very reliable. Uh, Holiday was selected by the NBA players as the 2020-21 uh, NBA Sportsmanship Award winner back then, and he was a finalist for the inaugural Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award, which was presented in June of 21. So, yeah, true Holiday, man. What a guy. Congrats to him. Okay. Let's get to making some all-NBA playoff teams. I'm going to need your help, like I said, guys. I had two rules, and I think they were very, very simple. My first rule, you had to make the second round. I wasn't going just like mm. Anthony <laughs> Edwards lights out 31 points per game in five games. That just didn't feel right. So you had to get into the second round. That was one of my rules. And we're going to build the teams like they still do all NBA. We're going two guards, two forwards, and a center. Next year when we do this, positionless. <laughs> but not this year. Great. You know, I'm a stickler for the rules. Okay. I thought the first team was pretty damn easy. Maybe you guys will agree or disagree. All NBA playoffs first team. Eckard. Steph Curry. He's averaging 35 and 6. It's his most efficient playoff run in terms of shooting the ball since 16-17. Okay. The other guard, Devin Booker. It didn't end well. <laughs> that was rough. 12 points. Is that what you said there, TK, in the Twelve game points, six four loss? 12 points, 4 13, yep. Yeah, I hate to see it, but he still averaged 33.7 points per game, shooting basically 59% from the floor, 50% from three. You throw in seven assists per game, five boards per game, probably the best defense we've seen Booker play to date, so he's still making all-NBA playoffs. No recency cool. bias there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah we can't go overboard. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a forward. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> Guy's averaging 32, 6, and 6. 
over nine games, did miss a couple. We'll see what happens tonight in Miami. Jason Tatum is the other forward. Now, I know, I know. Hmm. It's not amazing. He's struggling with his shot. He's averaging 26 points per game. He's shooting 43% from the floor. But you can't say he is not contributing, at least in other ways. He's averaging 10.4 rebounds per game. Five and, you know, round down if you want. Five assists per game. A steal and a block. Uh, So it sounds weird because he's had some duds, or at least starting games has had some gross games. But still, the numbers are 26, 10, and 5. Guys, I mean, we saw him take over. He had that Kobe mentality, man. He shot one to thirteen. He's like, I don't care. Give me the ball again. So he's I, I still got the box score, and yeah. I mean, he is—he's still averaging twenty-six a game. Like he's still playing well. It's just his first halves. Is it seems like his first halves are always pretty I, poor. But man, he does everything else, which I think is super important, and probably why he's able to stay confident that his shots eventually eventually get a drop. Like he's still involved in the game. He still shoots, <laughs> and eventually yeah. the shot comes around. And then you look at the other forwards, and I'm sure you're going to be yeah. you're going to be a, a virtuous man keeping Anthony Davis as a center. I will be. Ergo, he can't make it as a forward, which he probably would here if you uh, were going to fudge the numbers. But ain't a lot of other great forwards going right now. You're you're damn right. We'll get to that. So Tatum, he's yeah, there. Tatum, and then center is Jokic. Trey already said it here earlier in the podcast. He's the best player in the postseason, <laughs> like almost by far. And those were some incredible numbers I just went through for all four of these guys. And Jokic has somehow been even better. So, first team, all-NBA playoffs. It's Curry, it's Booker, it's Butler, it's Tatum, it's the Joker. All-NBA playoffs, second team. Guards, I've got Jalen Brunson as one of the guards. 26.5 points per game, five boards, 6.5 assists, 1.5 steals. We've seen what he's done recently. Uh, Obviously a huge game five uh, to even force a game six there in Miami tonight. No, uh, no issues with Brunson. Certainly second not. Guard. Okay. No. Uh, the second guard on the second team, Jamal Murray. He has almost identical numbers to Brunson on on better shooting. You know, a, a bit more efficient. So, I'm going Brunson and Murray as the guards. The forwards. Hey, hey. It, it gets a little difficult. I'm putting Kevin Durant here. The guy still scored 29 points per yep. 29 points per game. Shooting splits 48-33. You don't love to see that from deep. And then 92 at the line. Nine rebounds, five and a half assists, one and a half blocks. It's just this guy's at the level of the the greatest of all time type level where it's like this was a bad postseason or at least a bad playoff series. And it's true. And credit to the Nuggets defenders and all that. It, it's wild that a guy can go for 29-9 and 5 and we're like, ugh, he wasn't very Step good. Yeah, but... Yeah. You know, that's how good he is. So he's still on the second team. And then I went Jalen Brown as the other forward, uh, obviously making All-NBA second team. I put him here. Best playoffs of his still fairly young career, 25 points per game, a really efficient field goal percentage at 62%. So that felt right here as the second forward. And then here, come, in- here come the LeBrons. Well, yeah, I, I, I went back and forth between LeBron, Durant, and Brown, like who was going second team, who was going third team. Uh, but here's a Laker. I'm putting Anthony Davis as the second best center in the playoffs over Joel Embiid. He leads the playoffs in rebounds per game, 13.5. That's a big number. Blocks per game, 3.4. His scoring has dipped. He's averaging under 22 points per game, but he's been the Lakers' best player, uh, most consistent player throughout these playoffs. So AD as the center. Second team, Brunson, Murray, KD, Jalen Brown, and Anthony Davis. All right. And now we get to the third team, and I need your help. I have one locked in. Well, two. Joel Embiid is the center. Okay. Okay. Bam! Joel Embiid's been better. He's only played eight games, but he averaged 25, 10, and 3. I love the defense we've seen from Embiid throughout this postseason. I think him and AD are sort of like neck and neck in terms of who's been the best defensive player, especially for a big guy. Uh, but he gets the, the spot there just you know, squeaking past Bam. Uh, I think no, no yeah. question. I think you could make a good case for Joel over Anthony Davis, but yeah, no okay. question Bam's... In the fourth best center. Okay, okay. Uh, and then I had LeBron here. Yes, his three-pointer has completely abandoned him, but he's averaging 23, 10, and 5. Uh, you know, he's picking his spots. He's 38 years old. That makes sense in your 20 here or whatever. He's playing under 37 minutes per game uh, in the postseason. That's the same workload he had for the bubble championship. Just jumped out at me there. Keep an eye on that, you know? Uh, and and whether or not they can replicate their championship there down in uh, Disney. But LeBron is a forward, okay? Everybody's on board. 
Who's the other forward? <laughs> I got some names. We're already, what about this guy in the the third team forwards? Yeah, a, a little bit. It's tough out there. Okay. I mean, if you, if you love the defense, you might want to dream on green. I get that. How about RJ Barrett? How about Andrew Wiggins? And then how about a couple nuggets in Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr.? See, nobody jumps off the page oh. to me. But you make the case. Yeah, it's tough. I'm thinking about digging back into the first round, guys, instead. Giannis is still sitting We're not there. doing that task. Task? I know. Let I know, it go. I know. But when you're doing what about this, guys? Get Mikkel Bridges in there. No, I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, this is a tough spot. Yeah, yeah. Barrett, Wiggins, Draymond, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. We, I mean, do you want to cheat? you want to put Bam as a forward? Um, we ain't cheating. Uh, no. I think if there was a... If I were making a, you know, this is all-star and we're making cases for guys, I'm making a case for Aaron Gordon. I think he has been awesome defensively mm-hmm. against Kevin Durant, and then he's been a pretty efficient scorer, I think, as well. Uh, so I would probably make a case for him. But, I mean, Barrett's had a really good really good playoffs. He's been the second-best Nick, I think, so far. Eh, him or Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell dominated, I guess, in the first round uh, against the Cavs. But I would be making cases for AG. Okay. I, I like that coming down to an R.J. Barrett, sort of more for offensive reasons. Aaron Gordon, sort of more for defensive reasons. I'll go Barrett. I, I know Gordon has uh, has been on the you know, he's been on the riding with Jokic and uh, Murray. So Barrett has had more offensive responsibility, and he's coming through. Either way, I'm happy with with either one. Okay, here's Aaron Gordon's playoff numbers. He's averaging 13 points per game. Six boards, two assists. He does not fill up the defensive box score, though we all agree he's been a really good defender. Shooting 47% from the floor, that's really great. 38 from deep, you know, I'm making basically one a game here in the postseason. So the numbers are not going to wow you. It's definitely more of a, he's been an impact player. you got to watch him play. The championship favorites. <sighs> What's RJ averaging? He's 20. 20 plus, yeah. Yep. It's been good. Oh, tell us in the stream team as we move on here. Is it R.J. Barrett or Aaron Gordon for that final spot at the forward position on the third team All-NBA playoffs? Uh, and the guards, we haven't even talked about them. Yep. I don't even have anyone slotted in. Mm-hmm. It feels weird to put James Harden in the mix. <laughs> I don't think we can. Be, despite the... I mean, okay, you're, you're making a face. I'm in. I'm, I'm in on Harden. He said two game winners. Yeah, it's big. It's I guess it's funny because Maxi games in the playoffs and he had two game winners. Man, yeah, Maxi's been the more consistent, better Sixers guard. Harden's been, of course, the guy that's won them a couple games and and then maybe has arguably lost them a couple games. But okay, Maxi twenty one points per game, shooting forty percent from deep. Harden with the highs and lows that we maybe have never seen. Other names: Marcus Smart, D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> Clay Thompson. I mean, it feels like he hasn't had a great postseason, but the numbers are still sort of clay-like. Yeah, no, now we're we're digging deep with a Russell. Yeah, Clay hasn't been quite there. I, I mean, I don't mind a smart Harden, a Maxi Harden to have three Sixers on the third team. <laughs> Very funny, <laughs> right? right, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, James, it, it is it is amazing what he was doing in the first round. It was, it was bad. It was just it was just bad. Uh, not playing anywhere close to his capabilities, and they get a sweep. And then in the <laughs> yeah, second round, they swept that uh, second round up <laughs> and down, up and down. Need the last game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's been a wild one, man. It has been a roller coaster for him, but yeah, he's dropping forty-five. His numbers overall fine. Uh, the three-point shots are good. The two-point shots are not. Okay, so between Maxi and Harden, Tass, yeah, you would, if you James. could only pick one, okay, James Harden, you're a pro Harden. Okay, you guys have talked me into it. And then, so who's the other one? Is it a Sixers backcourt, a Maxi Harden, or is it a Smart Harden, or you know someone else that I'm forgetting here? I'd probably go Smart. I think I would go Smart. Not he's a, at least had, he's at least had an impact. I feel like in every game, <laughs> good or bad, good or bad, exactly right. Uh, and he he helped win them a game last night, so. Okay. Feeling positive about smart. Yeah, today. some nice recency bias <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, all NBA playoffs third team. It is. Lock it in. James Harden and Marcus Smart are your guards. Ooh. It's a flop off, baby. <laughs> LeBron is a lock as one of the forwards there. I'm gonna go RJ Barrett here. Uh just he has had some Homer, really good Homer scoring pick games. For sure. <laughs> Homer pick being Canadian, yeah. no doubt. And then Joel Embiid is our third center. Tell us who we screwed up on. Maybe tell us who we just missed completely. Um 
And again, we're not including guys that just played in the first round. There are there are your foxes and your ants and your Giannis's. Did you consider Lonnie Walker? <laughs> I did not. What about Kyle Lowry? He's making no. the fourth team. No. Lonnie Walker. In fact, the I have team? no other names on the what about this guy. I've said everyone I feel comfortable with. So yeah, don't you, you dare like say Max Struess. Don't you dare say Max I would Max never Struess. say Max Struess to you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a different Heat name to you later, though. Okay. That'll be exciting. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to end this drop podcast with some rapid fire fun. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That ad read about the wine, big hit on playback last night. People were quoting you, JD. (laughs) They love it. What a run. What a run. (laughs) I guess it's over. The last time we're going to hear it there, right? That's it. What a run. What a run that ad read had. Exactly. People around their dinner tables pouring wine saying, can you believe this wine? What a run. What a great beer? run it's had. <laughs> beer older though, right? <laughs> Is it? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. You did the research. I would have guessed wine for some reason. Yeah. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. I'd go wine. <laughs> I don't remember Jesus having a <laughs> draft. Pouring <laughs> <laughs> a cold one. <laughs> Wow, that would change that whole religion. It really would. <laughs> Changed water to beer. <laughs> okay. Party Jesus. <laughs> so let's wrap up this drop podcast, which is already a classic, the streets are saying, with some rapid fire fun. I've got the questions. These guys have the answer. A dog named Buddy Holly won best in show at this year's Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show on mm. Tuesday. Uh, it was a first for his breed. A breed I had never heard about. A breed I'm about to try and say. <laughs> a petit basset griffon vendéant. Mm. They call them the PBGVs. <laughs> Seriously, they do. I watched a clip and they say it. Uh, One of my great re- Gretz has never seen the Ramones at PBGVs. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see this dog on stage. Buddy Holly, too. Yeah, um, so anyway, congrats to this nice dog. dog. I was going to ask you what's the best dog, maybe even breed, but then I was like, all real dogs are good dogs. Mm. They're all good boys. So the question is, what's the best fictional dog of all time, Tess? Mm. Well, I've had a real good relationship with Bluey recently. Nice. Bluey. You guys are seeing each other? Yeah. yeah he's, Got a future? He's wonderful. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope we have a future. Uh, because kid shows, you know, not great. But as uh, as a parent with young kids, it's, it's nice to get a little Bluey on the screen. I'm happy when I see Bluey and his Australian humor come through. Uh, everybody is funny. On that show, yeah. The parents, he, he'll let a fart go when they're hiding in the closet. They farting on Bluey? <laughs> they're farting. Australian farts only. Uh, but uh, They come from down under. They've got an accent. Those farts have accents. <laughs> I've I, never I, heard of this. This Bluey? show? Oh, yeah. it's, I've oh, actually seen a couple, and it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah it's okay. pretty pretty cute. Cool. Um, what are they? He's a healer, isn't he? I believe something like that. Uh, well, yeah. real type of dog. <laughs> that's a real dog. Yeah. I guess it's only been around for five years, JD. So. Yeah. Yeah, we missed it. We were a Daniel Tiger family. Yeah. Mm, right. Mm. Right. Uh, okay, that's a great answer, though. Bluey, best fictional dog, according to Tass. Where are you going, TK? 
Yeah, my favorite fictional jo- dog is Joel Meyer's dog. <laughs> I assume it's real. We've never met it. But the fact that Joel Myers theoretically has a dog <laughs> gave us the saying, man's got to have a dog. Yeah. yeah and I Without took it to heart. theoretical dog, <laughs> we may never have said that. You may never have gotten a That's dog. That's what I was going to say. I took it to heart so much when Joel Myers said that to yeah. me. I was like, God damn it. He's right. Like, I'm nothing without a dog. I got to get one. But what if it turns out that having that conversation, he was just being regretful that at that point in time, he didn't have a dog. He's like, man, he's got to have a dog. He was just And we hungry. didn't know. He, was he like, just wanted a hot dog. A hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> we were at a restaurant. Yeah, that's awesome. true. Uh, the great Joel Myers. Joel Myers has got to have a dog. No doubt. <laughs> like, legit. Not a fictional dog? I'm typing it in now. Joel Myers' dogs. I hope, hope it comes up. All right. If it's a real dog, number one fictional dog for me is Snoopy. Cool dog. Snoopy. Okay. Very cool great dog. dog. Yeah. Okay. Great dog. Good dog. <laughs> JD, uh, favorite fictional dog? Uh, put me down for Gromit of Wallace and Gromit. Oh, fame. good one. Yeah. Great. For the kids, if you ever want uh, Tess. Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and That's Gromit. Good. They got they got a bunch of movies and yeah. shows. Hilarious. Great stuff. And he does all the chores around the house. Like, he's actually useful, you know. <laughs> and he's a pilot and a, an electrician. He's a he's a Renaissance dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great answer. I love that dog. I just looking at him. I love that dog. I know he's awesome. Uh, yeah, Gromit, Bluey, Snoopy, and Gromit, and Joel Meyer's dog. Of course, yes. Joel Meyer's yeah. dog. Those are great dog more. Glad I asked it. Uh, next one. So many of you sent this story in that we just had to make it a rapid fire question. A financial website is offering a $1,000 prize to one person who can devote two weeks to viewing the entire Fast and Furious film saga. <laughs> Finance Buzz, which is a site that offers money-related tips, is seeking a Fast and Furious claims adjuster to watch all 10 movies of the franchise, starring our guy Vin. The claims adjuster's mission is to track damages from every car crash that occurs in each film. <laughs> That's what they're looking for here. <laughs> So cool, yeah. That is not nearly enough money. A thousand bucks to an insurance adjuster. No thanks. Twenty hours to twenty hours. Yeah, but you got to log every single piece of damage. Like it's going to take hours, (laughs) days. Yeah, we did a two-hour and forty-minute podcast on one episode. One episode and didn't even probably talk about a car being damaged. (laughs) We did no insurance checks. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay, but the question off of this is: What's another movie franchise? That you would happily binge watch or track or whatever for a thousand dollars. For a thousand dollars, I'd be happy to watch Star Wars because I never got into it. It's overwhelming, just the the whole deal. Yeah, about a thousand bucks, I'm in. Have you? And never, then I'd be happy. You've never seen like wow. any of the OGs ones or like, bits, 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 bits. Wow. not not through and through. Yeah, not so, once. You, have you never I've sat through sat, one? I have no, uh, no. Wow. On a te- we should do a just, Star Wars. I could be a podcast thing, series, buddy. I think yeah. we've got a podcast series. Yeah. It's just, it's just too overwhelming. I just, I was behind. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, like, it feel, I must have been like, I don't know, five to six years ago. I had never seen any of the the second batch right. Star Wars movies. Which is the prequels. The prequels. And yeah. I sat down to watch those hunks of shit. Whew. So bad. <laughs> Sorry, Ash. Sorry. <laughs> no, nah, they, they were okay. I, I'm kidding a little bit. But uh, okay, this could be uh, something we do here. Yeah. Uh, what about you, TK? What's the franchise? A thousand bucks. Go ahead. Watch it. Mighty Ducks. <laughs> you okay, buddy? <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Ducks. What's that? Watch uh, on the the porn parody? Ducks and the... No, it's, it's tough to say. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh, three movies only. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would even consider some specialty content watching the reboot Game Changers. I think they brought back Emilio Estevez even. Oh, wow. uh, but I remember loving those movies as a kid. Mighty Ducks 2 in particular is my rad. Like a movie yep. that I think is yep. really, really good. <laughs> uh, but probably isn't. But I would I would gladly do it. Especially now. Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh. <sighs> yeah, baby. Pour, pour yourself yeah. a little Gordon Bombay gin. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, good answers. Uh, JD, where are you going, man? I can't believe it's still on the board, but Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Bangers. Every single one. <laughs> you love every one. 
well, two, uh, John Woo, I don't know. Everything's in slow motion. Everybody's in a mask. Spoiler alert. He's probably wearing a mask, but, uh, I don't know. I, that's, that aside, you know, I could sit through that, but... Yeah, the Mission Impossible franchise is amazing. How many are we at? Like six, seven? They stopped numbering them, so it's hard to tell. I think there's got to be seven. Seven or eight, maybe? Yeah. There was three numbers, and then... Yeah, then there was Ghost Protocol. Yeah. There was Rogue Nation. Okay. There was Fallout. Yeah. Which I don't even remember. I think I That's the most recent one? No, and then now, coming soon, Impossible. So how many is that? That's eight. Is that what I said? <laughs> wait, one, two, wait, three. It's, it's called, called impossible? impossible. Four, five, six, seven. That's what it looks like. What's he doing? Making a oh, veggie patty? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot it was called Mission Impossible. <laughs> but you know what? Mission Impossible. It is colon. Mission. Col- yeah, colon impossible, impossible, which I had always forgotten it was. Um, right. It is called <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One. Okay. Oh, yeah, part one here, we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The mission is so impossible. We had to make it two movies. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to go James Bond for sure. Too many movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I did have on my list Daniel Craig Bonds because I love those. So do I. I love them. So I think he's I. the best Bond. Sorry. Oh, you do not need to apologize yeah. for that. I'm apologizing to the internet because they, <laughs> they'll come after me. But here, you want a deep cut? A sure. deep cut? Because we got a writer's strike coming up and we're going to run out of movies to watch. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, ever heard of the Trilogy of Imagination? Uh-uh. Terry Gilliam's movies? No. It's Time Bandits, Brazil, and The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? No. I've heard of Time Bandits. <laughs> Guys, you got kids? Get on these movies. Seriously. Thank me later. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a hell of a shot there. Hell of a call. Uh, good answers. Final one, guys. Warriors forward Jermichael Green called out LeBron after the Lakers star denied he and his teammates were looking for flopping opportunities in their playoff matchup. Green wasn't exactly subtle here. He reshared a pic of LeBron's quote on his Instagram story with the addition of a cap emoji on top of the king. Um, there it is. If you're on YouTube, awesome. it does look it is cool. Good. Yeah, it's good. Good Very emoji good. work here from. Uh, from Jermichael Green, Cap slang for calling something or calling bullshit, I guess, on something. So yeah. he Jermichael put some work Green. into that. He, yeah. he zoomed out with his thumbs, made it a little big. <laughs> nice work. So um, I want to know what emoji best sums up the 23 playoffs so far. I'm going with the roller coaster emoji because sometimes yeah. the favorites are on top. Sometimes they're on the bottom. Sometimes the underdogs are on top. As we've seen in the second round here, there's a representative from every seed in the postseason. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we're even. Four favorites, four underdogs. And as we see here going into the conference finals, could be the exact same thing. The Nuggets have advanced. The Celtics are in the driver's seat. Two favorites there. Two underdogs uh, leading the series with the uh, uh, yeah the Lakers yeah. and, and uh, the, heat. the Heat. Sometimes I forget who's the favorite in the Warriors-Lakers uh, series. But, yeah, so it's perfect. We're going up. We're going down. Parody. Some hate it. Some love it. What's your emoji for this oh, could playoffs? have been a parrot emoji, too. <laughs> parrot there probably is one at this point. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I think so. That's one I haven't used, if there is. Uh, <laughs> that's one I haven't used either. Bubbles. I never used the bubbles emoji, but huh. we got a chance that all four conference finalists are going to be the same as 2020. Oh, could be Celtics Heat versus Lakers Nuggets. Then you're like, Jamal Murray, he's back and balling just like he was in the bubble. Duncan Robinson is good again. He plays just like in the bubble. Anthony Davis can't miss a jump shot just like in the bubble. Yeah. It's the bubble playoffs. <laughs> JD, take us home. What's an emoji that best sums up these playoffs for I mean, you? For me, that's the fa- it's the face with the swirly eyes. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that one. <laughs> it's like too much going on. It's too on. much going on. We got Survivor going as well. Yeah. There's a lot happening. And it's the end of the year. I'm always like... Get kind little, of frazzled. Get it's like it's like a, I'm like a marathon nipple at this point, you know, oh. like completely worn to a nub, oh, just and everything <laughs> irritates me. <laughs> yeah. you, know? you know what I mean? Marathon nipple. Yeah, yeah. That should be an emoji. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did hear you on. Uh, I guess it was the Great Beyond, the yes. companion podcast to uh, Is This Good? Um, you said you had watched one quarter. <laughs> Of playoff basketball. <laughs> what a Matt, Matt thought you meant one quarter, like on average of each game. And you were like, no, 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 one quarter. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was maybe exaggerating oh. for, for LARFs, but it's 
It's down there. It's down there in terms of my basketball consumption. What a marathon, man. I don't know if you're going to make it through these playoffs. I know, right? What, oh, it was more shocking. Matty O locked He's in. He's watching every this game. This guy is locked in this to guy the playoffs. Sending, is sending us clips from basketball podcasts <laughs> he's know, listening man. to during the playoffs. What up with that? When he, when Matty O like, decides, I am consuming this content, yeah. he is all in. Yeah. Like so, if he decides I'm watching, I'm gonna watch some playoff basketball. He watches every second, literally every game. I know an addictive personality. Yeah, I, I, think so. yeah. I think so. I'm here. I'm with him. I'm yeah. with him. Um, one weird emoji that doesn't exist: a nugget, a chicken like, nugget, like a chicken nugget. Interesting. Good call. Yeah, like a chicken leg. Right? <laughs> yeah, bone-in chicken only. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you think about it, and there's emojis that are lacking, like the bubble one. What does it look like? Is it three bubbles? It's yeah. all. It almost looks transparent. As they are bubbles, but it doesn't read very well. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's what I wonder. Like, would it have a, you know a blower thingy that you yeah. blow bubbles just through? Straight just bubbles. straight bubbles. Yeah. No wand. Mm. Mm. That's why, like a nugget, wand, a nugget sword. emoji would be sort of tif- difficult to like tell what it is. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just is it a chicken so nugget? Like a is it a golden nugget? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it a golden nugget? <laughs> well, look. If we're being, I honest. don't know. You can see a nugget. Come on. I'm, I'm picturing nugget. it in my mind, but. Yeah. On a phone, it could be a... What is this thing? That's what I it's think. I little... want sauce on it. Ooh, interesting. Oh, oh dipping, dipping. dipping. Yeah. That's yeah. the answer. That's yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want more emoji thoughts? Yeah, you were about okay, to share yeah. something. Um, I feel like it's very lacking in the bird emojis. Oh, man. Like, interesting. I, I love to like put an emoji if I go to a Hawks game. There's nothing that you could even consider as a, a hawk. hawk. They yeah. got a gray bird, which I guess is a pigeon. pigeon. They got a yellow bird, which I usually go with. And then they got a bald eagle, which looks very cool, mm. the most fearsome. Mm. <laughs> and it is a bird of prey, but is it a hawk? It isn't a hawk. People, You put an eagle, you're trying to talk about the hawks, you're going to look like a fool. Mm. Yeah, totally. To the ornithologists out there. <laughs> you're going to look like a dodo. <laughs> uh, I just, that didn't come off the dome. Off the dome dome. I do see there's a bird, just a regular bird emoji. Yeah, Blackbird, phoenix bird, dodo, baby chick, parrot, eagle, chicken, but no hawk. Damn, that's a decent amount. That's actually that's a lot emojis. of birds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were like, we got enough, man. <laughs> They're probably like, nobody needs a hawk. Boy. Yeah, but. They got ducks, probably. No, but ducks. <laughs> Maybe they're not class. Well, yeah, sure. There's got to be a duck, yeah. right? Duck. Well, I like uh, in yeah, our there's Discord, there's like duck. there's a duck. The people that create the no dunks emojis. Very cool. Mm. There's a, a whole bunch of us. Emoji. There's yeah. emoji of you and me cheersing burritos. Really? There's nice one of me and there's one of you they've made. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. separate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty I've cool. seen me pop up a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah. 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 There's there's everybody. Matteo with a hammer. Where the hell did that come from? Oh, yeah. So look at emojis yeah. now. Where did the hammer come He from? made a hammer joke. I'm hammered. Oh, and he held up a hammer. Right. I think it was yeah. a... Was it a... When we did the... Not like watch a, parties, a, but... A, well, sort of watch parties. The... What the happy hour. Happy hour. That's, happy I couldn't hours, think yeah. of the, the term. I think it was that. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's true. All right. What? That's rapid fire. Oh. What? What do you got? Sorry. No. Who no, cares? I, was, I don't got to be just, anywhere. Okay. Yeah, me neither. What's your most frequently used emoji? Oh. Mm. That's probably boring. I, I'm probably a thumbs up guy. I gotta be honest. thumbs up guy. I bet I am. Can you Thank tell? You. Like, is there a way of? Uh, if you go to like your... the little clock in your emoji settings, yeah. that tells you your most most frequently used. My number one right now is fire. Mm. Oh. Was I saying stuff mm. about fire? Uh, I did say that uh, Dave Grisham shirt he made about Lenny Kravitz was fire. I also got clown is very high up on the oh, list wow. for me right now. Yeah, you wow. know it was a bad night for the Suns last night, so clowns were flying about. I use um. I use the uh, skull quite a bit. Skull? Like, yeah. I'm dead. Yeah, good one. <laughs> I got the shrug. Shrug is... Shrug, mm, very shrug. popular. Good one. Yep. Very like popular. Vomit. That's in my top ten. I like a vomit. It's <laughs> wow. hot vomit right number now. one is tough, yeah. Vomit, wow. Kids, kids, are, <laughs> kids are going through it right now. <laughs> just sending back, uh, yeah, back and forth vomit emojis. don't like it. W- would you like to make this change to our video? Ah, don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's rapid fire. That's a lot of talk about emojis. Tonight's games, game six, Knicks Heat, ESPN. I was going to say 7.30, but we all know that's a lie. <laughs> it's on ESPN. That's that right. tip time's about 7.44. Had 14 minutes of fun with our playbackers <laughs> that's yesterday. Right. That's right. Uh, and then Warriors-Lakers. So what do you guys think? Do the Warriors and or the Knickerbockers... Give us some more Game 7s for, for Sunday and Monday. There are no games on Saturday. It's a weird little mm-hmm. schedule quirk. Uh, 
What do you think? Well, it's great we have Anthony Davis playing. Yes, that's he, right. He that's will right. be suiting up. How great is he going to be? And are the Lakers, are the Warriors going to be able to run, 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 cut, 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 cut like they did in Game Five? If he's awesome, then he can win this game. Uh, so I have no, no, what am I? I have no feel. Uh, <laughs> um, the other one also. Jimmy Butler, nope. I believe, yeah. right now is up in the air in terms of his status for Game Six. Okay. I, I, okay. Okay. It's Jimmy. You're, you, ah, yeah, I'm going to assume he goes. But uh, what happens tonight? Call your shot, Trey. Tonight, Game Sixes. What happens? We're going to one game seven, and it's going to be in California. Okay. Okay. So the Heat close it out, says TK, and the Warriors give us a game seven baby, which would have us two on Sunday. Can't wait. Guys, enjoy the basketball. Thanks for joining us here. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Make sure you subscribe, especially not just for these shows and our live shows, but all of the YouTube uh, content, especially the shorts that our guy Jerome pumps out. Some of these are gold. We got some other ones coming soon. So uh, please subscribe if you haven't. Have a great weekend. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your Saturday is free. No NBA games on Saturday. Brace the weekend, people.